Ciao amici, my name is Sara Olocco and I'm an Italian wine specialist and educator. Welcome to the very first regional episode of this podcast, Valle d'Aosta. We're going to be talking about this region, the smallest one in Italy, both in terms of territories and winemaking, of course, but also in terms of native grapes. Native grapes, you can call them as well indigenous or autochthonous. I do not like the word autochthonous because I never know where the hell goes the H. Does it goes between the T and the O, between the C and the T, the T and the O later? Well, I don't know. So let's just call them native. These are grapes that are mostly associated with that location, with that space, that place. These are grapes that were born in this specific region. Learning about native grapes has been my way to learn about Italian wines. Because for me, knowing that a specific wine is made with that grape, and honestly, I really do like when a wine is made with 100% one grape variety, because this allows me to know very well what does that grape smell like, what does the grape taste like, and therefore also later, how does it change, how does it evolve with aging or with different wine making styles. So I do want to bring my own vision, my own way of learning about Italian wines to you as well. We started from Valle d'Aosta first of all because it's located all the way northwest in Italy and we're gonna do a trip going from north to south. This is northwest at the border between France and Switzerland. So a lot of people here speak French and German as well. I do not. And therefore, please excuse my French pronunciation because it's really bad but let's all get there yet um, until the middle of the 19th century Valle d'Aosta was a region that was producing huge volume of wine mostly sold in bulk to Switzerland and France and was counting approximately 4,000 hectares which kind of goes to 10,000 acres of vineyards a lot all these vineyards are located in areas that are very hard to cultivate. Being Val d'Aosta, a mountainous region, all the vineyards are located in terraces. All the work here, here needs to be done by hand by all the producers, including harvest, yes. That's why producers working in this area have been called eras, and we have been talking about heroic viticulture. We'll get there again, but just to give you an introduction. At the end of the century, few factors contributed to the decrease of viticulture in this region. First of all, the unification of Italy. Italy became a kingdom, so all of a the sudden there were borders between Valle d'Aosta, part of Italy, France and Switzerland. This didn't really encourage um, the producer from this region to sell their wines over border, because there were customs now, there were taxes. Another reason is the fact that they built a trailway that was going all over to the south of Italy and this allowed cheaper wine coming from the south to also be consumed and used in the northern part of Italy. Producers that were working, winemakers and farmers that were working in this region also found that it was easier and better for them, for their families to rely on a certain income that was coming from working in the factories. The words came and also came phylloxera. 
you probably have heard about phylloxera if you've been learning, listening, talking about wine. Phylloxera is a microscopic louse or aphid that lives on and eats the roots of the vines and can bring them to die. It can infest a vineyard and then spread from vineyard to vineyard by proximity. Thank God in Valle d'Aosta, phylloxera didn't spread as much as in other areas of Europe, mostly because the vineyards are in such a high altitude that this aphid cannot survive. Therefore here it's not that hard to find vines that are so-called pre-phylloxera. This is very important because we will go, we will go again back to this, but it's, uh, it's important because this is a good um, factor that established quality in wine, old wines, of course. So because of all these reasons and the fact that, you know, viticulture decreased, we went to have from 4,000 hectares to 400 hectares. Therefore, from 10,000 almost acres to just only 1,000 acres. Viticulture goes from being the most important business of the region to almost a family, a family hobby. Thank God, after the Second World War, the region wants to bring a new impulse to the agricultural system. And the Institute of Agriculture reintroduced knowledge, techniques, and also almost extincted grape varieties that the producers, the winemakers, and the farmers can work again. Between the 70s and the 80s, the country focus on viticulture and wine production becomes so important that there's the establishment of several wine cooperatives that will cover almost the entire territory and will encourage most farmers to start working with them. In terms of territory, Aosta is the main region, the main town, which is located in the so-called Media Valle or Middle Valley, where the main grape variety here is Petit Rouge. On the left of this Middle Valley, more close to the border with France, we have the Alta Valle, the High Valley, where the main town is Morget and the main variety is Pré Blanc. Here we have some of the highest vineyards of all Europe. We are up to 12,000 meters above the sea level. On the right of the Media Valle, of the Middle Valley, we have the Bassa Valle, the Low Valley. Here the main variety is Nebbiolo. Yes, that Nebbiolo. But here it's actually known as Pico Tender or Pico Tendro. Main morphological factors here are, of course, the mountains, the Alps. In Valle d'Aosta, we have the highest mountain in Europe, Monte Bianco or Mont Blanc. And we have a very important river called Dora Baltea that flows across the region all the way into the Po River in Piedmont. In this episode today, we're going to discover two grape varieties. The first grape variety is a white grape. It's called Prie Blanc. It's a noble grape. It's a great, strong grape. It does resist to cold. It does resist to disease. It grows all the way up to 1200 meters above the sea level on top of some of the highest vineyards of Europe. 
In order to allow viticulture here, the farmers had to build not only terraces, but also a special training system called low pergola. The low pergola is a system made of woods that are built in order to allow the vines to grow, benefiting not only from the heat that coming from the sun, but also from the heat coming from the soil. A soil that in this case is called morenic soil, is rich in stones and rocks. It's a rocky soil that do um, attract the sun and the heat during the day and then release it overnight. This is not an easy soil. It's not very fertile. It, it's not a, a soil that allows water retention for the vines, unfortunately. But we do have some pockets of clay that are able to retain the water that comes from snow melts or from the rain when it rains because Valle is uh, the region in Italy where there is the lowest rainfall rate overall. So these pockets of clay, they do function as a sponge, they do absorb the water and they release the water when the vines need it. And vine is a system that the more it has to struggle to find nutrients, to find water, the more it has to work, the better the result will be into the wine. And we mentioned earlier that it's not hard to find in this area prephyloxera vines. Because of the high altitude where these vineyards are located, the phylloxera aphid didn't survive. It was too cold. For this reason, it's not that hard to find very old vines. And as we know, very old vines do not provide very high yields, but do provide very high quality wines. Prieblanc is definitely one of them. It's the base of grape variety for the DOC appellation called Blanc de Morget de la Salle. Again, excuse my French. This wine can be made in different styles. It can be a dry, steel white wine. It can be a white sparkling wine, both made with Charmat method or with Champagne method or called Metodo Classico in Italy. But some producers are also experimenting with ice wine, which is when you let the grapes dry on in the vineyards all the way until December. Oh man, do I love this grape variety. It's one of my favorite white grape varieties of Italy. It's delicious, just the perfect wine for aperitivo. And you guys know it's my favorite time of the day. I just love the aromas. I love the acidity. I love the minerality of it. I love the fact that you can smell the mint, the, all those mountain herbs, all those thyme and sage and the green apple all those green fruits, a little bit of citrusy notes. It's just great, delicious wine. I love it as a still dry wine. I love it as a sparkling wine. I do like older vintages as well. My recommendation is please look for it, try it as a new vintage, but then hold on on some bubbles for a little bit longer. Guys, there's one more grape variety I want you to discover today, and it's somehow deriving from the previous one we spoke about. It's either a mutation or a crossing from Prieblanc. It's called Prierouge, or Premetta, 
or Primetta. It's known with these three names. It was almost extinct, but somehow a producer discovered it again, and we are so thankful for that. He saved it from disappearing forever. The name Primetta or Premetta comes from Prima. Prima in Italian means early, and this is the first variety that is actually harvested during the harvest time. It's also known to be a very good table grape variety, as it was for Prieblanc. It's a red variety, but the wine looks and tastes exactly like a very dark rosé. The aromas here are so delicate. It's a beautiful bouquet, very floral. Rose hip is one of the main aromas that we can get, but very floral, red cherries, sour cherries, all those red fruits, delicious. The characteristics here again are high acidity, high minerality, and a little bit of tannins. And again, as it was true for Prie Blanc, this variety can be vinified in different styles. Still dry red wine, sparkling wine, and also pastito wine, air dried. Incredible. Just a few recommendations in terms of which wine to choose. Um, for Prie Blanc, my favorite producer is for sure Hermes Pavese. I've been to visit them last year and uh, they've been focusing their entire production on this one only grape variety, Prie Blanc. I love, love their basic, if you can call it basic wine, um, which is coming from the younger vines. I love their other selection called Nathan, which is the name of his son. I love the single crew, so coming from one only vineyard of uh, vines that are 70 year old, called Le Sette Scalinate, incredible. But I do really go crazy for their Metodo Classico, their Champagne Method ones. Um, I think my favorite is the one that stays on the lease for 24 months. They're incredible wines, they're very limited amount of bubbles. I would encourage all of you guys to try some of them. As for Premetta or Prie Rouge, my favorite version is the one from Gros Jambin. It's incredible. The aromas, the bouquet of flowers and of uh, red fruits that you can get there. It's, it's delicious. The feeling in your mouth, it's just so incredibly welcoming and warm and at the same time fresh and herbaceous. It's just uh, something really, really cool that I would totally recommend you guys to try. Thank you guys so much for making it all the way here. You guys are my hero if you have listened to the whole episode. I do really hope you learn something new, that you are going to be encouraged to buy some of these wines and experiment and try these new and less known grape varieties. I do want to thank you again and welcome you on my Instagram profile to ask any question and to watch the videos on IGTV. My profile name is Sara Oloco, my name. Or you can also email me anytime at info at Please also visit my website www.saraoloco.com to be able to download the regional map of Valle d'Aosta and also the profile of these two crepe varieties. Thank you and until the next episode. Ciao ciao!